You're listening to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey guys, Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. So we're going to try this again. Last week, we wanted to offer our Big Ten East predictions for the year. Well, the Urban Meyer scandal broke, and that just kind of ruined everything. Uh, We gave it a week. We can't be held hostage to what Ohio State is going to do, given two weeks before they can make a decision. So we got to move on. So we're going to offer our entire Big Ten predictions, East and West, tonight. But first, we're going to talk about the uh, fall camp uh, practice nuggets. Uh, Four days of practice have come and gone. Monday, the defensive coaches, they spoke to the media, so we got our first glimpse out of uh, fall camp. Tyler, what stood out to you, what the coaches had said about fall practice so far? Well, I think, you know, I have to start with what they've talked about with the secondary. Um, You know, this was a position group that I've been extremely critical of going into this year, and the coaches went in there, and they did not manage expectations at all, because now I am psyched for this unit. Um, you know, Cam Taylor is a name that you've heard a lot of so far in fall practice, a true freshman who's going to be playing cornerback. Uh, he is sounding like he is having a hell of a fall camp so far and could definitely be an impact player this fall. Derek, what about you? What stood out to you? Oh, the, you know that Cam Taylor thing it really is surprising. I don't know if it's surprising, but, man, there's a lot of hype under this kid, and I hope we don't end up going to the wayside because, man, they're really talking good things about him. I, I I guess most most of my takes were just kind of funny takes that I thought were funny to hear, like uh, hearing Shenander talk about the leaders and the follow or followers, and he mentioned something about uh, there's no more players standing around saying "f you." I'm not going to do that when they're told to do something by other players, and right. you know they're they're working more as a unit. And I think I, it, it was funny, but at the same time, I think it's telling that they're working together as a team better than what they have in the past, and. Uh, you know, Tyron Ferguson getting huge props by uh, Joven DeWitt and, and, and his uh, work ethic and how much how much effort he's been putting in, being in the the uh, film room way more than all the other linebackers, and he's just putting in so much work. And I, I, I think it's telling. You see, you start seeing all these pictures on Twitter and everything else of these guys that look like they've been in the weight room better, and they look like they're in better shape. Are they? We we won't know till the start of the season, but from the pictures we're seeing, they look like they're in better shape. Yes. So we haven't heard anything from the offensive coaches yet, but one of the, the storylines coming out of uh, fall camp is that interceptions may be a concern. Uh, Tyler, do you make anything out of this interception story going on? I, I do. I, I am starting to worry a little bit about our quarterback play. You know, I, I said about a month and a half ago on this podcast that I thought the secondary was going to be the weakest unit. And now I sit here and I'm saying, well, if they're picking off our quarterbacks that much, maybe our quarterbacks might be the weakest unit. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's too early to tell. I'll be really intrigued tomorrow what the offensive coaches say. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now, I think there is a little bit of concern about our quarterbacks right now. Derek, do you feel the same way? No, not really. I, I get where you're coming from, Tyler. 
Uh, right, right now we have no idea of how these interceptions are happening. Are, are we getting some tip balls that are getting intercepted? Are our receivers making bad plays? Maybe that's our problem. I mean, I, right now I, I don't know where the problem lies. Uh, maybe the defensive backs are just playing that much better. I mean, Shenander talks so much about how much this uh, defensive backs group has improved since spring. But at the same time, I get where your concerns are. Like, are our quarterbacks just throwing a lot of bad throws? But I think at this point, with only four practices in, it's hard, it's hard to really judge much yet. Like, when I start seeing games, I guess that's when you can really judge. But it's it's hard to judge anything until we see something. Well, it's certainly music to my ears here and how uh, how much that the defensive backs have progressed since spring because, yeah, Tyler, you're right. You know, to your point, that was one of our major concerns was the defensive backs headed into the season, you know, the depth uh, that we have there or the quality depth that we've had there. And, you know, they've added a few pieces and some newcomers coming in. But to see the uh, acceleration of them adapting after four practices that that really does do a lot for uh, expectations, you know, and uh, in your words, Tyler, it doesn't do anything to temper expectations by no means. So, you know, you kind of buy into the hype a little bit, then you play in your head, the what if game, you know, we love to play the what if game on this podcast. It's like, wow, if they are locked solid after four games, think, think after another three weeks, how awesome that group is going to be. And as far as the quarterbacks go, you know, throwing against those defensive backs, maybe they were testing them because they weren't very good. They didn't think they were very good. I don't know. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome problem to have. Derek? I will say this. The, the funny thing about it is I, I remember this conversation last year. And I, maybe we had it on the, con- on the podcast. Maybe we didn't. But I remember a lot of reports coming out. There were a lot of interceptions in practice, and we were so hyped about Bob Diaco's defense and how, how many turnovers we were going to get. Then it come to turn out, it was just we had Tanner Lee for a quarterback. So well, I think that that leads into what Tyler was talking about. You know, the concern amongst the quarterbacks. Absolutely, and like I said, I get I get his concern. I just I don't know what to read into this yet. Like I'm not going to get overly concerned. I don't think this is a huge deal yet. But if it continues throughout fall practice, I definitely start to think it's a big concern. Yes. Final thoughts, Tyler. Well, I just want to go back to Derek's mention of the pictures, and and I I highly recommend if you haven't got a chance to look on, you know, the different websites about the practice photos, go and do that. Because between guys like Carlos Davis, Muhammad Barry, uh, you know, uh, obviously the Tanner Farmer video has been out for a while, but a lot of these guys at practice, they look physically different. And uh, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine, Mike he's listening uh this weekend and he brought up when bill callahan took over and a lot of players bulked up and they got really slow and i i was like oh i really hope that's not the case because these guys they have put on some muscle they have but you know this coaching staff with what they want to do with the offense you know being slow just isn't that's not in that job description at all yeah true true especially when you're running a fast-paced offense and you're working so hard at a fast pace I can't imagine they're going to do anything to negate speed. Like, Bill Callahan's speed wasn't the biggest issue. He was a pro-style offense. Ultimately. All right. Well, uh, again, tomorrow the offensive coaches, they're going to be speaking. So we're going to hear a little bit more about that offense. 
And as uh, by the time we get around to next week, episode 100, by the way, woo, uh, you know, we'll have a little bit more nuggets to talk about. Uh, but we, to move on to the Big Ten predictions, uh, the way that we're going to do this is we're going to talk about the East. We're going to give our top three out of the East and then our bottom dweller. And then we'll do the same for the West. But first, we have to talk about this Urban Meyer dilemma that we have here when we made our picks, right? So it's uh, my standings are completely different if Urban Meyer is out for the entire year compared to him being here for the year. If he's suspended, say, a handful of games, which I kind of think that's the way this is going to turn out, then I don't know if my picks change a bit. Uh, Derek what does the Urban Meyer situation, how does that affect your standings or your predictions? Uh, well, I don't want to get too far into it. I don't want to spoil it. Uh, I, obviously, it changes some because you're not going to expect Ryan Day, I believe is his name, to do as good as Urban Meyer. You, I mean, you can't expect that. Uh, I think the talent's still there, so I don't know that I see a huge drop-off or maybe not as much of a drop-off as other people see. But at the end of the day, yeah, it probably changes a few things. Tyler, what did that do to your picks? Well, Derek, I completely disagree. I mean, I think the Urban Meyer thing completely changes Ohio State this year. If if Urban Meyer, if this story hadn't broke on Urban Meyer, um, I, I see Ohio State being an 11-12 to 12 win team. If Urban Meyer flat out gets fired, they might barely make a bowl game in my opinion um now right now we're in this where we are i I think there's kind of an in-between ground where we are where he's probably not going to be fired to justin's point and we'll talk about where i see them fitting in the big 10 uh east but no i think that this drastically changes uh ohio state season depending on the outcome do you guys want to speculate for whatever reason why they took to why they're saying it's going to take two weeks for the investigation Anybody? Not really. No, I, I, I will. I, because they're trying to let it die down a little bit. I, I think I brought this up last week and I got, I got shit on a little bit and people were like, Oh yeah. Urban Meyer's going to be fired. And I was like, eh, I don't know. And I think they're dragging this out to let it kind of die a little bit in the media. So when they end up ultimately suspending him or just, just kind of giving him a slap on the wrist, uh, there will be a little less throwback to the university. Well, it's kind of it's humorous in a way that Urban Meyer goes from lying to the media and everybody thinks that's bad, and then he goes and throws the AD under the bus. So we'll see what happens there. That that can't put him on good terms as when it comes to times for suspension, right? <laughs> Throw the well, AD under the bus. Well, and, but the AD's fired. I mean, there, there's he's gonzo one way or another. Uh, they both will not be at the Ohio State University this year. Unless of, unless of course Urban Meyer lied yet again, you know? It's it's going to be They both won't be there. They both won't be yeah. there. Well, it's a fascinating story, lots of drama to open up the college football season, but nonetheless, let's get into our uh, Big 10 predictions. Tatter, starting off with the East with you. Give us okay. a, your top 3. So Coming in number three uh, to me is going to be Ohio State. Um, you know, I kind of alluded to this at the top. I think Ohio State's the most talented team in the conference. Uh, they're going to be in contention, but I think this Urban Meyer story is going to be too much of a distraction. 
Uh, number two, I got Michigan State. Um, they've got a lot of returning starters. Uh, I think there could be really and, – and number one, I have Penn State. Um, I, I, I think holy schedule breaks, Batman. I mean, they have all the schedule breaks you could look for. I think they're going to be a good team, and I think – as of today, I have them winning the Big Ten East. Uh, before we debate that, because I'm sure we're going to want to, Derek, you offer your top three here. Okay, well, I have Penn State as my number three. I think they lose too much on defense. I think they're going to struggle in some games. Uh, they only have like three returning starters on defense. I think they're going to, and they lose their top offensive player in Saquon Barkley. I, I, I see them struggling a little bit, but I still see them being. Probably a number three team. I I had no I had Ohio State at number two. I, I think there's just too much on that talent, too much talent on that team. They lose a lot too, and they're replacing a four year starter at quarterback. So I, I think they're going to have struggles with or without Urban Meyer. Uh, I had Michigan State as my champion for the Big Ten East. Regardless, I they have 19 returning stars on that team. They have probably, arguably, the at least the second best quarterback in the conference coming back they have their top running back coming back they have like their top four tacklers coming back on defense uh there's just too much talent it's not like they were a bad team they went 10 and 3 last year their schedule breaks pretty good i mean they get uh ohio state and michigan at home uh penn state's their only true road game that's that terribly tough they also have to go to nebraska which that is what it is i guess but that's about their only other tough road game, in my opinion. All right, so we are a lot farther apart than what I thought we would be in this exercise here. Uh, my number three, I have Michigan. Uh, I had Michigan and Penn State kind of tied there for the same record out of the East, but I had Michigan beating Penn State in the regular season, giving them the nod for that. Uh I think their defense is just going to be – they're going to win a lot of games just based off that defense, I think. They, they're pretty stacked. Michigan State, I think we're all pretty consistent. We think that Michigan State's going to be up there. I got them number two. And right now, again, you know, kind of like what I said before, uh, Urban Meyer, if he's suspended for a few games, I think he can – I think he still wins the East. Uh, their first game – you know, they have a game at TCU. That's a great non-conference game. Uh, but by September 29th, they go to Penn State, and that'll be their fifth game of the season. I just think that if there is a suspension, I think he's back by that, and I think they're rejuvenated, and I think they just run away with that conference. Uh, Tyler, I want to go back to you. Uh, how did you come up with Penn State to be – in the top like that. Well, so, so again, I kind of alluded to this. To me, the biggest thing is their schedule. I, I think when I looked at this breakdown, I, I think there, there's a lot of talent in this division. I mean, Ohio State easily has the best talent, but Michigan and uh, Ohio and Penn State have really close recruiting classes over the last four years. So their talent is a lot closer together than people would think. But to me, it also ultimately comes down to schedule. They get Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin all at home. I think their only tough road game this year is a road game at Michigan. Uh, James Franklin has not lost a game in Happy Valley in two years. He's only lost five games there overall. 
So I think they're going to be a very tough team to beat at home. And Derek, I, I disagree. I like their defense. I, I, they lost some starters. That's true. But they had 11 players that played multiple snaps at defensive line last year. Yes, lost the starters, but they are bringing back players that had really good playing time last year. And they are bringing in Micah Parsons, who might be the best freshman defensive player in the conference this year and linebacker. I think their defense is going to be just fine. Um, yeah, I, I, I do like Penn State this year. I, I think it's too hard to expect a defense to gel when you only got three returning starters. I, I get it. I, I'm not saying they're going to have a huge drop-off. Like I, I do have them having a pretty good record. But at the end of the day, it's because of their schedule. And, and Kyler, I will give you that. But don't don't make their schedule out to be that easy when you have Iowa and Wisconsin coming into to Happy Valley. I, I wouldn't chalk those up as automatic wins. Uh, you go on the road to Michigan, which last time you went there, you end up losing by like 30 points. Uh, so so let, let's not I, – I just can't give it to Penn State that fast, no. And also, on defense, they've lost seven of their top eight uh, returning tacklers. You know, the, the top eight tacklers. I mean, that's that's huge. That's a lot of people to replace, you know. Well, and, and not not to mention the fact that Shaquan Barkley is gone. Like, who knows what Trace Masorley is going to be without Shaquan Barkley out there to bail him out. Well, like, he had 3,500 passing yards last year. I mean, this I, guy I, wasn't I, some scrub handing off the Barkley last year. I, I get that, but how how many of those yards would he dump off to Barkley? Penn State does have a pretty good uh, running back coming back this year, though. I mean, take he may not be Barkley like, but he's going to be up there. He's going to be a good guy. So, and, and, I don't know. and I do, and I want to put one last note on their defense. They are returning their leading sack guy from last year. Um, I, I get it. Three returning starters is a daunting thing, but they played a lot of depth. There was a stat that I think a meaningful snaps, which I don't really know how they gauge what meaningful snaps are. No team in the Big Ten had more players play more meaningful snaps on defense last year than Penn State. They rotate their players. I get it, the starters is daunting, but their defense is going to be fine. I I like their offense. I think their offense is going to be a stud. That The defense is just what kind of uh, bogged them down in my rankings. But uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Tyler. Well, I, I, I say, so, so we, really, we all had Michigan State up there, so I, I don't know if we really need to debate that. But, Justin, I want to get back to Ohio State. So right now, okay, I get that we think Ohio Urban Meyer is going to be there, but – you have them a little bit higher than this. Why do you think they're going to win the conference or win the division? I just, I think with all of that talent, I think, I think everything is there in place for them to make a great run. Again, if uh, Urban Meyer, if he's out anything longer than four games, then I think that drastically changes things. But you know, if if it's like a two three game suspension, I don't think that hurts them in the long run. You know. They might drop that game against TCU going to TCU. But as far as the Big Ten East standings, I don't think they're affected one bit. I really don't. Barring the fact that, you know, if he's gone for the entire season, well, then this whole thing is out the window. And, you know, to caveat that, we're going to give our uh, our playoff teams here in a couple of weeks. So 
whatever comes out, then we can make uh, some mild adjustments on this here. But uh, no, I, I, th- I think the thing about Ohio State to me is going on the road to Penn State and going on the road to Michigan State. I, th- I think those are two really tough games for Ohio State, even if Urban Meyer is back. I think those are tough places to win. And let's not forget that they're, they don't have like five returning defensive guys that those defensive guys gave up, what, 50 points to Iowa, who was a shit offense last year? So I'm not going to lie. When, when I did my rankings, this was before the Urban Meyer scandal broke out. And uh, I had Ohio State undefeated the entire season. I really did. I honestly did. And I'm but, not going to shy away from that too much. Well, but I think the Urban Meyer thing's already been a distraction. And, and so, Derek, I, I agree with you 100%. Look at the schedule. Those are two tough games. I'm actually going to throw at Purdue in the game. That game kind of has a feel to last year's Iowa game as kind of a trap game on the road. But 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 my biggest question mark about Ohio State is you're bringing in a brand-new quarterback. Most talented team in the country, 100%. J.K. Dobbins, one of the best running backs. Mike Weber, a stud running back. But you're bringing in a new quarterback who really played roughly one half of football. And, yeah, he shredded Michigan. But, like, this guy is pretty unproven, and he's going through his fall camp without his head coach. Like, I think that's going to affect him throughout this season, regardless of if Urban Meyer coaches or doesn't. Absolutely. I think that's huge. You're replacing a four-year starter that was tearing up the Big Ten. And it's not to say this guy can't tear up the Big Ten as well. But with all the distractions, like, like you said, if this guy's even if Urban Meyer's only suspended for two games, he's still out for fall ball, right? I, I mean, is it, he's, he's not with the team now, and they say two weeks till they finalize that. That, that puts him back roughly the week before their first game. I mean, there's a lot of development. And I don't know how hands-on Urban Meyer is with the quarterback, but I just think there's a distraction there. And, and with them having some tough games on the road, I just, I, again, it, it, I think it's going to affect them at this point. Well, we can all agree that we hope it affects them when they play Nebraska, right? True story. Amen. So, so, <laughs> so, so one last question. So, Derek, me and you are on the same page on this. So, so why did you have Michigan out of your top three? Uh, I, I kind of had Michigan and Penn State. Oh, like I was with Justin, kind of where I could have put either one of them at number three. Uh, but I kind of went with Penn State over Michigan. Just I'm not sold on Harbaugh, and I'm not sold on anything that Michigan has done over the last so many years with Harbaugh there. I mean, they've got, I, mean, I know they've had some decent years, but they're replacing a quarterback again. And I know he's supposed to be a pretty good uh, quarterback on Shea Patterson, but. Does he fit this system? Does, does he? Right now, I have no proof that Michigan's going to be great, and I, I'm not convinced of it yet. So, can I ask you guys this? And, and I am asking this unprompted, and so if anyone else has better answers than these two have, uh, I, I'll look forward to seeing that on Twitter. But what was the last grad transfer quarterback that went to a school and tore it up? Russell Wilson came to, comes to mind first oh, and foremost. Thank you. That was, that was the first call, one that good, came to my mind. Good call on that. Okay. Oh, did I, you I have just, somebody else my, in mind? 
I, I had no one. Oh, really? Who, who else oh. do you have? No, no, no. no. I, I just think, I mean, maybe. I, I were you any, at that game? I didn't do any research. I, I, I remember. Just, no, I, I, Russell Wilson was a great addition. I, I just, he didn't come to my mind. I, I was, yeah, he 100% fits that mold. Yeah, okay. I thought you were trying to black it out like you were at that game or something. No, no. <laughs> I, I just, my, my point was with Shea Patterson, like, I just, this, this formula hasn't been overly successful in college football. Like, these grad transfers going to schools have not always gone there and had really good seasons. Um, you know, and I just think that's kind of my thing on this is, like, I, I just don't know. And he's a transfer. He, he's kind of a loophole like Breon Dixon. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just think you have to limit expectations. I, I, what about I, Vernon I think- Adams? I think that's exactly why I left I left Michigan off though is there's so much hype on Shea Patterson I'm just not buying into that hype yet. Their defense, really like their, their defense, defense will be great. Don't get me wrong. Michigan will have a great defense this year. But it, but they're it, if their offense front. can't move the ball and keep their defense off the field a little bit, they can only be so effective. And we've seen that in Nebraska at 09, 010 or 2010. We we've seen the effects of that. We had great defenses, but our offense couldn't score enough to do anything. And and don't get me wrong, if Michigan wins the Big Ten East, I wouldn't be shocked. I just think I just think at on the road at Ohio State, on the road at Notre Dame, on the road at Michigan State, on the road at Northwestern, the week after Northwestern has a bye. I just think there's some losable games on that schedule, and that's not even counting Penn State at home and Wisconsin at home. Like well, they have a brutal schedule. Not to try and ruin. I know we did, we talked we talked about this. And we weren't going to bring records into it, but I have Michigan going like eight and four. Like I, I see them losing some games. I do. Actually, I did too, and I changed. I was going through back through. I ended up giving them the Michigan game or the uh, Notre Dame game, but I don't know. It's exciting. But uh, before we move on, what is your bottom dweller out of the big 10 East? Derek? I think this is an easy answer. I don't, I don't know how you go anywhere other than Rutgers. They have no talent. I still am not convinced they belong in the big 10. Maybe I'm being too harsh on these guys, but. Like I, if they win one or two Big Ten games, I'd be surprised. It, Tyler, oh, go ahead. No, no, uh, we'll, we'll get into it into the East or on the West side. Well, I we'll talk about this more. Well, uh, I, I guess how you don't go with Rutgers is like this: you go with Indiana. Uh, it, Indiana last year was my surprise team. I think I went on record saying I think they could win eight games, and. Uh, that first half of the Ohio State game, that looked pretty good. Uh, it didn't look good since then. They're returning 10 starters on a really bad team. Uh, I, I I think they peaked last year. I don't think Tom Allen's that good of a coach. I think he may be the actually worst coach in the Big Ten. Uh, we'll get there in a second. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Indiana is the bottom dweller this year. I will give you this, Tyler. Like, it was kind of a toss-up between Indiana and Rutgers for me. The only reason I gave it to Rutgers is because I think Indiana probably beats Rutgers because Rutgers just has no talent. 
Yeah, that's that's exactly like me. Uh, I had Indiana and Ruggers at the bottom, and Indiana edged Ruggers out in my head to head. So I got Ruggers. I don't I don't expect anything big out of either team. You know, any win by them will be actually be a shock to me. And you know what, Tyler? I'm like I'm like you last year. Remember, me and you, we were we were high on Indiana. We were so, like, oh my so, god, so yeah. I mean, you know, they got, I told you so. They got the Oh, you got lucky once. <laughs> and they, and I actually think we got crushed on Twitter. Indiana, we did. what are you thinking? Yeah, we did get crushed. So I'm not. I'm not going to fall for that again. But 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 let, let me just say this. Indi- okay, I just talked about how much I hate grad transfers at quarterbacks. They're bringing a grad transfer. They were twelfth in the Big Ten in rushing last year. I mean, their defense gave up the twelfth most yards per play. Like they were terrible last year, and and that was the best Indiana team. But, like, I don't see them better this year. I, I I don't know. I think Rutgers has a little bit better year than people think. They may win a couple games, and Indiana's at the bottom. We're spending more time talking about Rutgers right now than what we'll actually watch Rutgers in this entire 2018 season. We won't watch any game that they're playing in. True story. All right, so let's move on to the West. All right, we got to be careful here. We're not going to give any records because we don't want to spoil our Nebraska uh, record. Uh, we're going to get to our uh, season preview for the Huskers here in the next couple of weeks. So got to be careful here. But uh, we're going to start off with you, Tyler. What are your top three out of the West? Yeah, number one, I got Wisconsin. Um you know, Jonathan Taylor is probably the best running back in the conference. He rushed for damn near 2,000 yards last year. Um, he'll be back. Wisconsin's going to win the West. Uh, my number two team, I'm going to preference this team by saying I still hate Iowa, uh, but it's Iowa. Uh, I, those lucky bastards. Uh, I mean, they avoid Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, and they host Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Northwestern. That, I mean, they, they, they're drinking the same Kool-Aid as Penn State. They got a good schedule. Um, and number three, I have Northwestern. Um, they're returning 14 starters, and they won the last eight games of the year. They were hot at the end of the year. I think they are number three. And before I get crushed here, just just so you know, I have the same record for Northwestern and Nebraska. So I, I, it's not like I have that much of a difference between those two teams. Derek? First off, we can agree on a couple of them. I, I will say yes, you're right about Wisconsin. Wisconsin has a uh they have a fairly tough schedule. Uh they you know, they they're going on the road to Iowa, Michigan, Northwestern, and Penn State. I could see a couple losses coming out of Wisconsin this year. I do think they return probably the best offensive line out of the country and possibly one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, but that's a tough. That's a pretty tough schedule. I mean, everybody talks about Nebraska having this tough schedule. They they have a pretty tough schedule themselves. Uh, my biggest concern with Wisconsin is four starters returning on defense. They they they, they kind of replace people well on defense, but that's a lot to replace. Uh, but you're right as far as talent and there is uh, unity goes. Wisconsin has us. I, this is their this is their division to lose. Uh, number two, I do have Iowa, and I think a lot of that has to do with their schedule. And I mean, they just, did they 
their biggest question is, can they replace Josie Jewell on defense? And, and, and Aquan Bar, uh, Wadley, I believe was his name, a running back that killed Nebraska last year. Uh, if they can replace those two, they have probably, to me, the third best quarterback returning in the in the conference. Uh, I, I think I would probably still have a pretty good year. I actually have Nebraska at number three, and a lot. I'm kind of kind of with you a little bit on that, Tyler, and the fact that they're, they're kind of a toss up between those two. Uh, I'm not picking Nebraska because of, of everything I'm seeing. I I kind of pick Nebraska over Northwestern, not to give too much out, but Northwestern has Michigan and Michigan State the two weeks prior to playing Nebraska, and I think that's just daunting for them. And I think Nebraska can come in and win that game. And so I give them the head-to-head, and probably at the end of the at the end of the year they have a fairly similar schedule or uh, record. But I, I definitely give the edge to Nebraska in that. Well, I agree with almost everything that you say that you said there, uh, Derek. Uh, I, I have Wisconsin number one. The only difference is for 2018. I hope Wisconsin crashes the playoff. I'm rooting for Wisconsin to crash the playoff this year. I think this is the only Ooh. year that they can do it. Hey, you know what? It's it's a new flavor in the playoff, and I hope they get there. And I think they got the team to do it offensively. You know, looking up front, you know that offensive line, and you're talking about Jonathan Taylor, uh, Hornybrook. You know, he's got the experience. Uh, defensively, I think they'll be just fine defensively uh, starting out. I think they're. You, you talk about how tough their schedule is, Derek. Remember how tough it was supposed to be last year. And they, they did great. That was two years uh, ago. Last year their schedule was, was it two easy. years? Yeah, last was year it? their schedules were what kept them out of the playoff talk to begin with. That's goddamn it. That's right. Then I take that back. <laughs> I don't know where I'm coming from, but you know what? I still, at the end of the day, I still like their chances to uh, run run the table. I, I really do. I, I, I like it. Uh, coming at number two, I have Iowa, just like you guys. I just think. It sets up. I mean, who's who's going to challenge them? Uh, Nebraska, I have number three, just because uh, I probably would have had Northwestern, but the closer we get to football season, uh, the more amped I am. And, you know, I, I'm starting to check off on some of these teams saying that Nebraska has a better chance. And, well, they may already do, but, you know, uh, I think a third place. Okay. People listening, I am going to take a shot of whiskey because I'm about to say something nice about Iowa. What? <laughs> okay. Right. I hope you bite Let your me tongue. grab my whiskey. So, I hope you bite your tongue while you're trying to say something nice. To me, the gap between Wisconsin and Iowa isn't that large. I, I really went back and forth on that. Who is going to win the West? Um, I, I think Nathan Stanley is the best quarterback Iowa's seen. Uh, and, and probably since in 10 years. Um, no offense, the best tight end in the Big Ten. I, I think that was Bo Pelini, but if it was Mike Riley, screw whoever messed that up and let him out of the state because he is really good. Um, I, I, I mean, they have maybe one of the best defensive players in Amani Hooper. I, I just think Iowa is a good team this year, and Wisconsin doesn't have a good schedule. Ultimately, Iowa sucks. And they're going to blow another game, which is why I have Wisconsin ahead of them. But, like, 
I do. I, I think Iowa is going to have a good team this year. First off, you can blame Mike Riley for the Noah fan thing. Uh, maybe Bo Pelini had a part of it. Maybe he didn't recruit him hard enough when he was a sophomore or what whatnot. Uh, when it came down to it, Mike Riley ended up losing him. Uh, I, I will say this. I do disagree with you. I think this is Wisconsin's division to have. I think I think second place is where this division becomes tight. I, I think there's a tough race between Iowa, Northwestern, and Nebraska. Like I, th- I could see either one of those two, any one of those three coming in as second place. I don't necessarily see any of them challenging Wisconsin to win this division at all. Well, no, Noah Fant, Noah Fant is a junior, so Mike Riley was coached for three years. Like I, I don't know, there, there, there was. I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, Bo Pelini, he would have been a senior when Bo Pelini was got fired. So, Tyler, from your perspective, you're talking about Wisconsin and Iowa being, you know, pretty close together, right? So, who's closer? Is it Wisconsin and Iowa, or is it Iowa to Northwestern for you? It, it, it's Iowa to Wisconsin. Really? Yeah. Which, which to Justin, to your point, I, I think, you know, it sets up well. I think this is the first year in a couple of years that I think the divisions are, I don't want to say are even, but like, I think Wisconsin and, and Iowa to a degree are as good as any team out of the East. I think it's a little bit more even this year, but I think that unfortunately the Big Ten's going to beat themselves up again this year. I think there's going to be a lot of parity in the league. Um, and, and I just think that's there. But real quickly, a team that none of us brought up that I was really close to having in my top three was Purdue. Really? Did you guys, did you guys look at Purdue at all as a top three team? No, that is your Indiana pick from last year there, Tyler. I mean, that is straight up Indiana pick from last year. No. I, I get where you're coming from. and There seems to be a lot of hype with Purdue. Purdue won a lot more games than anybody expected them to last year, so everyone automatically assumes that they're going to do a get, do that again this year. But they lost most of their defense. I I think they only got like four guys returned on defense, if I remember right. Uh, no, I, I, and their defense was their story. I, their offense was mediocre. They did win them some games when their defense held up. At the at the end of the day, they couldn't beat the worst Nebraska team that we've ever seen in our lives. So I don't see him being that great this year. And and to add to that, I know we don't want to talk about records, but I just have to point this out. You know, I didn't even have Purdue making a bowl game this year. I had him at five and seven this year. And which shocked me because I like Jeff Brom. I, I really like what he's doing there. And I thought he could build off of last year. But when I did uh, my picks, I I was surprised. I had to count twice. Five and seven. I, I have them edging in a bowl just at six and six. I apparently I picked one game that you didn't, but at at the end of the day, we're we're, we're pretty much neck and neck with that. I, I could see him missing a bowl. I could see him making a bowl. I, outside of that, I see him possibly being bowl eligible. That's the best I see Purdue doing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I could be on board with that. I, I think they they have the chance to get there, but. Well, third place. I, I, I guess okay. But that then then not to get ahead of myself, but I guess that's where I kind of see the third place team in the West looking at is uh I think the third place team is like uh that that range of Are you well. serious? It, it 
Tyler, if you're thinking that, then obviously when you made your picks, you probably picked an East team over a West team in every single matchup. If you have them that beaten down. No, I mean, Wisconsin and Iowa. And, and, and I think there's going to be a game or two where Northwestern and Nebraska and Purdue, like, I, I just, I, I just think there, there are six teams in the Big Ten this year, to my, my opinion, that are up there. And then there, there's Nebraska and Northwestern vying for that seventh team in the conference. And I, I just think that that's how the Big Ten looks this year. And, but there is a gap. There is a gap from those top six. Well, according to me and Derek, Nebraska's in that top six. No, no, I, no, I no, 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 it isn't. I take that back. No, th- no. Do you know how to count, you're, Justin? You're right. Do you do we need a calculator for you? Uh... <laughs> just, just, just hold up your fingers. Just hold up your fingers. <laughs> Not those two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shame, uh, shame. So let's let's talk about the bottom dweller out of the West. Uh, Derek, who did you have as your bottom dweller? I mean, really? Do, do we? I don't even know if we need to have this discussion. Hey, like, can, can we do this on three? Can we do this on three? Oh, Derek, you yeah, ruined it. It's it's Illinois. Hey, like we can all agree, it's Illinois. I, I don't see Illinois, Illinois winning a. I, I see him winning maybe two, possibly three games this year, and three games is probably stretching it. These guys are going to be terrible again this year. I will say that one thing about Lovey Smith I will say is he has picked up a few five-star recruits. I just don't see them coming in and being big factors in year one. Uh, Yeah, Illinois, easy. It it, it is Illinois for me, too. I will say this, though. Illinois will be a better team than they were last year. Now, they were a two-win team last year, so that's a very low bar, but they will be a better team than they were last year. I I, I can see that. I can see them maybe getting to four wins. Really? I still have about two wins and zero in right. conference. I, I, I will admit this. I have them at three wins because I agree with you, Tyler. I think they will be better than last year. And I actually gave them the win against South Florida, which I probably shouldn't have. Oh, my God. <laughs> because I don't think they win a Big Ten game. I think these, these guys are the only team worse in the Big Ten than the Rutgers, than Rutgers right now. Uh, you should have said that they were going to pick up a win in the Big Ten and say that they're actually going to upset South Florida. South Florida. I'm not, I'm not sold on them. They, they're replacing a lot this year, too. All right. All right. Well, enough of that. Uh, but you know what? Let's do this. Uh, that's a perfect segue into this segment here. Uh, which Big Ten coaches will be on the hot seat by the end of the year? I want to start with you, Derek. All right. Well, I again, Lovey Smith, you're in year three or three or four. I can't remember exactly what you. I think he's in year three. Uh, you've done absolutely nothing, and if you do have the year that I anticipate you have, he is definitely on the hot seat. Uh, I actually have Jim Harbaugh, like not necessarily on the hot seat, but I think if you don't have a good year this year, I could see your seat warming up really fast after this year. And regardless of what the athletic director says, Chris Ash, I think, is on the hot seat. If you have as bad of a year as what I think they're going to have, I think you have to start looking at another direction. 
Tyler, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, it, the, the first two names that Derek said uh, were the first two names I wrote down. Lovey Smith, if, if he won five games this year, which I don't think he will do, but if he did, he would double his win total at Illinois. Uh, I mean, the guy hasn't worked out. I, I think that they like him there, so I think they're going to give him room, but... I mean that that's pretty pathetic, uh, and I'm with you on Harbaugh. I, I don't he's not going to get fired. Uh, shy of him missing a bowl, he's not getting fired. But what I will say about it to him is about rivals. It, it's all about rivals right now, and I don't think he's going to beat Michigan State or Ohio State, and that is going to look really bad on him. And I think Harbaugh's quirks and all this stuff is going. So I don't think guy's going to get fired, but man, I think that there is going to be a lot of people talking about it. And my third coach um, was Tom Allen. I, I have I have Indiana worse than Rutgers this year, and I know it's his second year. I get it, but he didn't really have a good year last year, and I just think that if the guy goes three wins, he might be looking for a new job. Good Lord, Tyler. Look look how far you've evolved. You know, you had concerns about firing Mike Riley after three seasons because it's not enough time to establish what he wants to do. And now you're perfectly okay about a guy after two years if he, if he has a bad season. Throwing him out there in that hot seat. My God. Well, I, th- I think Indiana's going to win like two games. And so if Indiana wins two games, I don't think any Big Ten coach <laughs> is going to get fired this year. This was a segment Justin wanted to do. No Big Ten coach will get fired at the end of the year, I predict. But those oh. are the three coaches that I think will be on the hot seat. I, I, well, for, I will predict Lovey Smith will be fired at the end of this season. I want to say I, I don't agree with that. The only reason is because he is getting some quality recruits in. And I think if he can get those guys in there, what's going to happen if you fire Lovey Smith – those dudes are gone. They're not sticking around. They're not bought into Illinois. I mean, come on. I, I, they're going to give. They're going to give Lovey Smith some time. It, it's going to be another rough year, maybe another couple of years. But it's Illinois. What What do they have to live for? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. If they, if and as they, far as Chris, if, Ash, they, if they continue to not look competitive, I can't imagine keeping that guy around. And it's nothing against Lovey Smith. And I think you're right. I think they do like Lovey Smith. I, I mean, he took uh, the the Bears to the Super Bowl, and I mean, so yeah, I think they love him around that Chicago area. But at the end of the, the day, Bears. the Bears. And at the end of the day, if you can't win, you can't win. And I mean, we just fired Mike Riley. He recruited well. That wasn't the problem. The problem was you weren't you weren't winning games. He recruited okay. He didn't recruit well. He re- recruited okay. Chris Ash. Let's talk about Chris Ash for a second. Uh, you know, the athletic director uh, tweeted out a little while ago, uh, about a month ago, when all these hot seat coaches came out, and he says, hey, take my guy off of that list because rebuilding takes some time. Uh, that kind of – just him tweeting that out there kind of makes me think that there are some legs to that thought process because otherwise he would have just ignored that tweet, just kept on scrolling on Twitter. But the fact that he went out there and said, take my guy off the list makes me think that he's going to give Chris Asher, you know, a couple years, two or three years to make that thing work there. Uh, I, I, then, I think that was the politically correct answer. 
I think he's seen this guy on the list, and he was like, I don't want any controversy coming into my, st- in my, into my program, and I don't want players thinking he's going to get fired, so I'm going to go out and just try and smash this. But if this guy goes 2-10 this year, yeah, I, I expect him to be well on the hot seat, if not fired, at the end of this season. Yeah, I, I don't have 2-10. Uh, final thing about uh, Jim Harbaugh. You guys talking about Jim Harbaugh. Man, that dude's not going anywhere. He is not going anywhere. The only seat that becomes hot on are people like us thinking that is that seat's getting hot. He's not going anywhere. Well, I don't, I don't know. There's so much national media putting him on the hot seat this year. And I don't put him on the hot seat this year. I, I think his seat gets warm by the end of the year. There's a lot of national but, media on Fox Sports and, and ESPN. They've already put this guy in the hot seat because he has done nothing to impress anybody. You can talk about his 10-win season. You can talk about this and that. We fired Bo Pelini for that same crap. But at the end of the day, we fired him because his antics weren't what we gelled with. And Harbaugh has these weird stay-in-the-night-in-people's-houses-and-tree-houses and weird bullshit that... It- Nobody wants it, to deal gonna, with if you're not winning. I will say this. Urban Meyer gets fired, and they lose to Ohio State without Urban Meyer. They lost to Ohio State last year with a backup quarterback. They're not going into Columbus and winning this year. I just think you look at Notre Dame on the road. You look at Michigan State on the road. There is going to be some losses this season for Michigan. It's not that I don't think they're going to be good. I think they will be, but they're going to be at 8 nine win team maybe maybe even a seven win team i mean that that is not acceptable when you're paying the guy eight million dollars a year to be a head coach in his his fourth year nine million i think (laughs) (laughs) all right a a million dollars for every win that that's that's what he's gonna go for wow hey that's about what pick me that's almost (laughs) what mike riley made last year a million a win uh, and, all, right, all right, Tyler hates that talk. So let's move on. Let's talk about some uh, the best non-conference games in the Big Ten this year. Tyler, give us a couple. Okay, I- I'm going to start uh, with the opening game. College game day is going to be there. It's Michigan Notre Dame. Um, I think both of these teams. Uh, this is the number one game I- I- in the non-conference this year. My number two game in the non-conference this year is going to be TCU and Ohio State. Uh, I think TCU is going to be really good Big Ten. I We haven't done our uh, rest of our conference predictions, but I had TCU competing for the Big 12 last year. I think they're going to be in that topic this year. I like that roster down there. I think they could upset Ohio State early in the year in our early 10. So uh, those would be the top two games I see in the Big Ten this year. Derek? Non-conference. It's hard to disagree with either one of those two. I, I had those both throws written down. I, I wrote down a few others that I thought – could be intriguing in uh, Penn State at Pitt. You know, you remember last last time that game was in Pitt. Pitt won that game in overtime, and I think that Derek, could be an intriguing game at Pittsburgh. Now, Derek, I think you pick that game every year as the most intriguing <laughs> non-conference yeah. game. You love that Pitt Penn hey, State game. We, we've only been Is that last it. year's notes. <laughs> Maybe, but at the end of the day. Still could be intriguing. Uh, the other, the, one of the other ones I have is uh, bot, the bottom dweller games in Rutgers and Kansas. Like 
we always talk about how terrible both these teams are. And we always want to talk about tuning in for that one. We, oh, no, no, but hold on, hold on. We always want to talk about how great the Big Ten is compared to all these other conferences. If our bottom dweller can't beat Kansas, maybe we're not as headed of everybody as we think we are. 16 people will know the outcome of that game, Derek. That's not a great (laughs) non conference game. Well, okay. Tyler took the only two good games. Our, the non-conference schedule in the Big Ten is shit this year. Tyler took the only two good games. So what do you want from me? No, you're, you're exactly right. I, I tell you what, going through this non-conference schedule of the Big Ten, it was pathetic. I mean, the lack of great games to look forward to in this preseason of the Big Ten, they're just not there. You know, you have those two, the ones that Tyler named, Michigan, Notre Dame, and Ohio State at TCU. Outside of that, what do you have to look forward to? One game that I had written down was Maryland and Texas. Why? Maryland beat Texas last year, and we don't like Texas. And so, uh, but I, I don't know how great of a game it will be. But outside of that, Derek, I'm not. I'm not tuning. I'm not tuning in for Ruggers in Kansas. I promise you that. I, I, I call bullshit on that. I bet guarantee you, if that's the only game on at that time, you'll be watching it. Is it a Friday night game? possible that's not a friday night game you can kiss your ass goodbye i ain't watching it okay i i will say there is one other game that i think is going to be a good game in the non-conference schedule is notre dame going to northwestern um i i think northwestern is gonna be a pretty good team i think notre dame it's gonna be a little overhyped i think that's gonna be a competitive game but i will say my last game i just want to throw out there is michigan state at arizona state Herb Edwards, we have kind of ragged on him. I don't know how much ASU football I'll watch that get this year, but like, I'm kind of intrigued to what ASU football looks like, and I think they have a huge test in Michigan State. Uh, I, I'm kind of intrigued in that game. You, you are I, I'm so with full you. of shit. You are trying to. You are reaching so far for that game. And Northwestern is probably the most overhyped team in the country right now. Like I get, they started, they finished off the year hot. They also had Justin Jackson, who they don't have this year. Clayton Thorson, we don't even know if this guy is going to be healthy enough to play this year. Uh, I, I, to me, Northwestern is the most overhyped team in the Big Ten right now. There's some better feelings there against uh, Pat Pat Fitzgerald's crew. There, I see Derek. He says some nice things about Scott Frost. I mean, I'm just saying. That's yeah. I mean, I don't give a shit. Come on, let it go. All right, guys, this has been a really fun episode, but uh, we got to get out of here. Oh, shoot. No, we can't because we haven't even talked about our the best games for in-conference out of the Big Ten. I I was shocked, you know, since our non-conference games were so exciting. So real quick, let's hit the Big Ten conference games that excite you the most. Tyler, start with you. Uh, I'll, I'll do two again. Um, number one, the game. Um, Ohio State, Michigan. This is a big year for Michigan. Um, I think those are two really talented teams. Even though I don't think either are really going to end up competing for the East, that's still the best game probably in the conference. And my number two is Ohio State at Penn State. Um, I had Penn State win in the East. Uh, Ohio State, I think, is the most talented team in the East. Something's got to give. Tune in this Saturday to see... I mean, it's, it's going to be a good game. Uh, I, that's ultimately my number two. All right, Derek. Yeah, I, 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 I disagree with you again. I, I actually have 
if you want to talk my top two best games, I actually have Wisconsin at Michigan and Wisconsin at Penn State. I think those two are the most intriguing games. Like we want to talk about the difference between the East and the West. Can Wisconsin actually hold up to two of the best teams in the East? And they're on the road for both of them. I think those are the two most intriguing games to me. Yep, I completely agree with you, Derek. That's those are the two games that I wrote down. Look, I get it. Uh, in division, guys are going to play each other, so I kind of canceled those out. I was looking at the cross uh, divisional games when I was doing this, and, and those were the two that I thought were the most outstanding to look at. Now, but Tyler, I, I think the games that you pointed out, yeah, they're going to have a lot of meaning, and they're going to be super exciting, and I'm going to love to watch them, but. Looking at cross-divisional, yeah, D- Derek, uh, Wisconsin at Michigan and Wisconsin at Penn State. Those are the those are the two big games, uh, conference games out of this conference, I think. I, I will say, if you're going to throw out interconference uh, or not divisional, I think those are the two best games. My number third game in that list, though, would be Nebraska at uh, Michigan. Um, yes. I, I think Scott Frost, we will talk about this next week, but Scott Frost going to Ann Arbor – Especially with how weak our non-conference schedule is, we should be undefeated going into that game. Hopefully have some tricks in our sleeves still because they shouldn't be that competitive. But, um, I mean, that that game right there, that that is going to be intriguing. I, I, if nothing else, the hype going into that game. Yes. The, the game week. The game week. There's, there's very few games going back, say, the last 10 years or whatever, uh, that the build-up to – uh, the actual game has been so super exciting for me. And I think this one has all the makeup for it, you know, with the, the 97 championship on the line and, you know, everything that goes with that. It's it's, it's going to be special. I can't wait for that whole week. It's going to be a party and uh, hopefully come out on top. But Derek. Well, let's hope. Let's, let's uh, go on to last call. This uh, episode starting to stretch on. <laughs> Derek's tired. He has to go to bed. So let's do our last call. All right. It's time for last call. Everybody's favorite segment. No topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler. I, I'm going to go back to the Urban Meyer uh, conversation we had earlier. And, and, and my take on this is I, I don't know if anyone out there listens to the Paul Feinbaum show, but there has been a lot of uh, a lot of Alabama fans throwing shade at Ohio State fans for sh- backing urban meyer and that is the funniest thing in the world to me because if nick saban was in this chair there would be a thousand toothless people on the streets in birmingham saying nick saban must stay like alabama stay in your lane like don't don't throw shade on ohio state but yeah ohio state you should fire uh, urban meyer all right Derek. I, I i don't care what they do with urban meyer they want to keep him around, whatever. It's it's on them. Uh, as far as Nick Saban goes, you're absolutely right. Like Alabama fans, shut up. Because if it was Urban Meyer, you would definitely. Okay, I'll just put it this way: Ohio State had 200 fans show up to protest towards keeping Urban Meyer. If this had been Alabama, you're right. There would have been probably tens of thousands of idiots out there protesting to keep this guy. Like, shut up, you you guys are the dumbest fans ever. I, I don't care. Alabama sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Derek. Instead of hearing, Urban Meyer! You would hear, 
Nick Saban! <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they sound a little more toothless way. than what you did, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was I was trying to do a lisp. I was trying to do a lisp. Did it not come off across? Okay. <laughs> not not uh, as toothless as they are. Okay. All right. Last call to you, Derek. All right. So uh, North Carolina is, is now in trouble again. They have 13 players being suspended a total of 52 games for selling uh, special edition Jordans for anywhere's up to $2,500. Now, I have mixed emotions on this. I they, they broke the NCAA rules, which they should be suspended for, and that's fine. I get that. But, Justin, you and I have had this conversation because this is basically essentially the same thing of what Ohio State got in trouble for, for selling special edition pants for playing Michigan. And, of course, they had the tattoo uh, controversy brought into it, too. Uh, at, at the end of the day, this is the, I I can see where kids are selling this stuff. It's their stuff. If you don't want them selling it, take the stuff back from them and shut up, or change the rule and let's get over this. This whole thing is getting out of hand. I thought the stipend was supposed to solve all of this. You know that they're not going to be wanting to go out and sell this stuff because they get a stipend, right? No, kids eighteen to twenty two, they want money. They're going to get their money anytime they can get get it. So, yeah, I yeah, stupid move by them. Their compliance officer is probably, like, shaking his head, like, what the hell are you doing? The starting quarterback was involved in that. And some big-time guys for that team, they just let their whole team down. They screwed their whole team over by their selfless, selfish actions. So, yeah, screw those guys. You know, I, I hope they get what they deserve there. But, no, not good. Tyler. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add on this. I, I the the conversation of whether athletes should be paid or not in college is a big conversation we're not going to get into tonight. But lastly, I'll just say this: Why does North Carolina always seem to be involved in scandals? It's like they are irrelevant in college football, except they are always involved in scandals. Like they just right. it is it, baffling. Well, I, I guess they were probably doing this instead of going to class. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they got to pay those guys to go class for them somehow. Yeah, I was like, shit, I got to pay off that tutor somehow. I don't know. All right. Hey, last call to me, guys. And my last call is going to go out to Scott Frost and the staff. They just secured another two recruits this past week. Uh, They got a three-star safety, Quentin Newsom out of Georgia, and a three-star offensive tackle, Michael Lynn out of Colorado. Englewood, Colorado. Tyler, is that close to you? Very close. Very close. All right. So there's another guy on your uh, high school football watch list to go watch play, you know, when you go see Luke McCaffrey. But both these guys, they bring up Nebraska to uh, 25 and 247 sports and rivals. So we're, we're getting up there in the recruiting rankings, and that gives us 16 on the year. So thoughts, Tyler? Yeah, I, I, I like both of these signees. I think you look at Scott Frost and what he is doing from a recruiting front right now. Anyone who doubted what he was doing, I think his vision is becoming clear. I, the guys all have kind of the same similar background, same similar mold, um, and, and they're, which is high character. I, I love both of these additions to the 2019 class. I'm very pumped for both of them to play, and yeah, I'll probably be checking out some games at Inglewood this year. Nice, Derek. 
I think the important thing, you talk about Nebraska being number 25 in the nation. I think the important thing is we're number six in the Big Ten right now. And the only Big Ten West team that's ahead of us now is Purdue, who has five more recruits than we do. And if we if we can get caught up to them, we're going to pass not only them, but Michigan State as well. And then all of a sudden you're looking at like the number four team in the Big Ten. I think that's huge. And, hey, go go go, go Frost and family, and let's do this. All right, guys, great show tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Next week's going to be a lot of fun. Episode 100. Uh, can't wait for it. So uh, be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Give us feedback. Maybe you like our show. Maybe you hate it. But let us know. Please share the episode either which way. You can find all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes and on Spotify. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. And as always, go Big Red. This program uh, is built to accomplish a lot, and I'm looking forward to helping it get back there. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify this system for us. <laughs>